0: Welcome to the Sal Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're going to take this first look and and really do a little bit of a breakdown, our initial look here. Someone in DEMP been doing some research for a few hours now on the Farmers Insurance Open, uh, the course where you'll have two courses, really, the tournament where after two rounds playing on each of the south and the north course, there will be a cut of 65+. plus. It's an exciting time. I mean, you have Rory McIlroy, you have Tiger Woods in the field, you have the defending champ Justin Rose, players that you have not seen much of, if at all, this year on tour as the year has been very young. But welcome if you're here, if you're new here, I appreciate you tuning in. PJ analysis is something that I started doing last year, really starting to start it up again this year as opposed to every single day covering the NBA, which I'm still doing, NFL, XFL, which is starting up and some other sports that are out of the season. So if you do get any value from this video, please do hit that subscribe button. It helps me out a ton. I do appreciate it. I will have my Closing Thoughts PGA podcast and this stat sheet updated with my interest in each range and some other things. My exposures. we'll talk about ownership. That'll be on Patreon. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out. It's linked up down below. Totally okay if you are not. I'm an independent content creator. So that's something where I also have some more opportunities to consume my content if you are indeed interested. So I imagine just with the man himself, the Tiger, Tiger Woods back in the field, it's going to just boost up a lot of things. Just attention from ESPN and bigger media sites on the game itself this weekend as opposed to other weeks. And then also that's going to trickle down into these DraftKings sites, right? So if you are playing this weekend, I'm happy that you are here. This is probably maybe your first week playing. A lot of people start off with this type of event uh, because just really the big names start to come out at this time as we itch closer to a Masters season. So, with that said, in each range, I'm just going to really discuss maybe a couple of players, but really one player that's standing out to me as of right now on Tuesday, less than 48 hours or right around 48 hours until this slate locks. Tomorrow, I'll get more into ownership on the Patreon show. So, if you are interested, once again, you can check that out. You can follow me on my social medias, all that fancy stuff. But let's start it off in the 10K range and above. And actually, before we do, one second, I'll just talk about each of these courses because I think it's important to differentiate it. You're going to be playing each course, the South and the North course, once before the cut. After that, it's just the south course. On the weekend, the south course is the much tougher of the courses. It was ranked the 18th most difficult course, uh, as opposed to the north course, which was ranked 45th out of 49. So not that difficult of a course at all. If anything, a fairly easy course when you're going all down through it. Um, And the reason why is just one, the distance and then also how these, um, the greens are lining up Uh, on the North course, you're going to have bent grass on the South. You're going to have POA green. So that changes some things, but really the distance. So when you're looking at the North course, which was ranked again, 45th out of 49th in difficulty, so not that difficult, you end up having no shot tracker, but the course is only 7,200, 7,200, 500. Uh, well, seven thousand two hundred and fifty eight total yards for a par 72 whereas on the south it's still a par 72 but you're adding almost 450 yards to it so it becomes much more of a bomber's course um, just in terms of the rough on both of these courses really hard to try and scramble out of it so if you are a good scrambler that will go a long way that is one of the key stats that i'm going to have on here the key stats that i'm having are just driving accuracy especially on that south course where it is a bigger factor because you have to play it if you make the cut three to four times Also, with that comes driving, um, driving distance, driving accuracy. So accuracy is just fairways hit. You can look at good drives as well. So even if you don't hit the fairway, do you still get to the green in regulation, uh, in the next, um, in your next hit? Par five scoring is important here. Uh, par five scoring on the par fives is almost imperative. Uh, imperative. You saw it last week as well. It's very big here. Um, there's going to be a couple of par fives where Eagles are going to be at a plentiful, especially in a single round. So that's going to be huge. How well you are at par five scoring. Usually it's going to be bombers up there the most. Um, so we're going to be taking a look at that. Uh Stokes game. Ball striking, T to green, always things I look at. And then I have scrambling in here because I do think if you were indeed not to hit the fairway, you're in trouble. But if you are somewhat of a good scrambler, and especially some of the elite scramblers in this field, it's going to go a long way this week, more so than any other, especially once we get to the weekend and we're specifically and exclusively on the south course. So that's where I'm at right now. And we'll start in the 10K and above range. You got five guys here. I'll zone in really on one player, and his name is Rory McEl- McElroy at the top of this list. You're finally getting to see him. I personally like to build balanced lineups unless there's something that stands out a ton to me. So Rory at eleven thousand six hundred. If I was to float around in this range, I'm probably getting there. I personally might not, but we'll talk about how how like weak the nine k range is. So maybe I don't uh, end up going to the nine k range. Build some balanced lineups in the eight k range, or maybe I'm just finding a lot of value in seven and six k, and I have enough money to find the Rory McIlroys of the world or other players like John Rahm in this range. Starting with Rory, he teed it up last year for the first time in a while. Might have been the first time. As far as my database goes back to 2015, he had a T5. So not bad. At that point, you need that T5 or better out of Rory, and you need your value to do really well, um, make the cut, of course, get your six out of sixes through, but to pay off this $11,600 price tag but everything just looks so good for this guy. And it's no wonder that he's the most expensive player in the field. He's number one tee to green, number one ball striking, number one in DraftKings points, number one off the tee. Like, do I have to say more? He's a top 10 in uh, driving distance and good drives. He's 16th in scrambling out of this 156 person field. And he's number one in strokes gained on par fives. That makes sense when you factor in that he's such good. He's so good off the tee. He's so good, um, ball striking and obviously with the driver. So If there's a player that I'm going to, it's going to be Rory, who, as of last year, led this entire field in fantasy points uh, per event and contest. Uh, Same thing for his scoring average. He's the favorite odds on six to one to win this thing, ranked right now only behind Brooks Kepka. Kepka is the number two ranked player in the world, according to PGA leaderboard. So Rory's the, the option there. It might be pretty obvious to you, but probably not something that I end up getting to unless the value starts to look really good. Um... Another name to call out would be Xander. You've probably heard the narrative this week. Hometown kid here. He's 6th in par 5 scoring. Um, He ended up, I mean, he's pretty much been cut every single year until last year. We actually finished T25. But when you factor in that, he's also been getting much better every single year, winning the Tour of Champions last year. Then he ends up going T25 here right after that. Starts off the hot year. His breakout year, if you would, last year at one point holding the lead with a couple holes left. Um... At the Masters and finishing up there as well, he had the huge second day at the Masters, had the best score. I believe he shot somewhere like seven, eight under. Um, so he's sixth in par five scoring, forty seventh in distance here, but he's fifth and good, fiftieth in good drive. So he's about top third of the field there, which is always good to see. You now when you're this expensive, that is a problem, but still number four to green and number ten in approach gets him there. So Xander's another name I would look at in this frame. Range John Rahm, who's three hundred dollars cheaper than Rory. It's similar to Rory in his build, but you might as well just take Rory at that point. For only $300 more expensive. Um, so yeah, this this range is not that appealing. I will, because of the fact that there's going to be a lot more interest in him. Mention Tiger Woods this week. Look, this is a guy was won here a ton. Obviously, he had his stretch from 2015 to 2017 when he wasn't the Tiger that he is now, which is just remarkable. i uh, finished T23 and 18, T20 and 19. The issue is this is his first event. Um, and a lot of times, what you'll see out of older golfers, and, and even Tiger, as good as he is, and he's won this event, I think, seven times, He's a 10-to-1 favorite here. You're always going to see him inflated in both price, in both Vegas odds, and just the market will go and bet on Tiger because he's somebody that people like cheering for in this event. He's somebody who's made this sport um, the way that it is today for the PGA. But at 10-8, I just can't get there um, in his first event. It seems more of a, a warm-up for him. Now, a warm-up where he'll be definitely live in is a 10-to-1 favorite, but not a spot that I feel as comfortable if I can just get up to Rory or down to Xander in this range. Now, going to the 9K range, the man who stands out, and I mentioned it, this this range doesn't stand out all that much. Out of the 156-player field, the 9K range might be just like, in terms of DFS and DraftKings, the range I don't like the most. Um, You're having just a bunch of guys in here who either don't fit the course, who are looking terrible as of late or who really um, are are sketchy plays. Now, I think there's one that stands out above the rest, and it's Hideki at 9900 to lead off this range. But again, you you have to pay for him. He's 16 to 1 odds to win this thing. So, I mean, if you're comparing that to Xander, who's 25 to 1, Justin Rose, who's 14 to 1, Hideki's probably a 10K player, and he's just underpriced by $300 or so. Uh, He's the only yes I have in this range if I had to give you a yes. He has good course history here. I mean, he's finished top 33 or better in the last three seasons, top 12 or better in the last two with a third place finish last year. If that is your cup of tea, not really something that I care too much about, probably already factored into the price. And really, it's a variant stat when you look at it at the end of the day. Uh, But he's number three T to green. That's not variant. That's probably one of the best key stats you can look at for any course, especially one where the driving distance is going to be needed. When you look at uh, good drives, he's number 29 in that department, 68 in driving distance. So we know Hideki's not any type of bomber in terms of an elite guy off the tee in that regard, but you're getting him 68th out of 156 person field. It's okay, especially when he's getting those good drives in there. He's number six in greens and regulation, top 10 in par five scoring, top 10 in approach, top 10 in ball striking. I mean, those are all the numbers that you like to see. He's probably underpriced. Like I said, he's a top 25 scrambler in this field that matches up well here. Hideki, if you told me to pick somebody in this range would be the guy. Ricky Fowler is a guy that I just doesn't, don't fit, think fits the course well. You've seen it here. I mean, he's barely made the cut in the two times he has made the cut over the last five years. Then he was cut from uh, 2016 to 2018 in those three events here and three showings. T-66 last year with the new rules this year. I don't believe he would have made the cut last year. T-61 to 15. It's just not really a course for him. Um, he played okay last week. Right? He had the lead at the weekend, 15 on there, then kind of gave it away as the weekend went on. Just couldn't keep the momentum going, um, getting into the harder courses on the weekend. But just not a spot I feel like getting to. Gary Woodland, I'll surely have some of. I imagine the ownership will be there as well. He's probably three $500 on their price as well. Had a lot of success here. Has made the cut each of the last five years. He's had four top 20 finishes including two top 12 finishes over those last four years. Uh, The putter has been just horrendous. It's been horrible. He's outside the top 115 in this field. It's obviously a smaller type of a sample size this season, but Woodland at 9,500, I imagine, picks up ownership. If that's the case, I I don't need to get there. If he's not picking up ownership, maybe I get to more of him if Hideki is chalky. You have Jason Day, who I should mention, came in T5 here last year and has actually won this event in both 2018 and 2015. The issue with Jason Day is just how he's looked as of late. I mean, the injuries, the back, everything for this guy is very sketchy right now, and he's not playing that well. He doesn't fit the key stats um, for his recent play either. It's just not a spot that I want to get to. As sketchy as it is, it's more of a boomer bus play. If the back's fine, he's completely healthy. Yeah, he's, he's had a lot of success here. He probably fits the course well, but we have not seen that as of yet, um, and I don't want to be taking that gamble. So 10K and above range, Rory and Xander stand out. 9K range for me, it's probably Hideki and Woodland. You do have Tony Fee now. You can get it off the tee with him. Everywhere else seems a little bit sketchy, especially in a field where he's 9,300. With this loaded of a field, and I would say the 8K and above range because it is pretty loaded here, And it's probably top heavy like most of these events are going to be, especially when the top of it is Rory Rahman Woods into this event. Um, It's not a spot that I really, I don't know what the ceiling is for Tony Finau. If he goes top 10 and he finishes ninth in this at 9,300, yeah, if he's like your second guy into the lineup, that's great. But that almost seems like the ceiling at this point. Um, He has has had success here. He's had two top 10 finishes the last three years he's finished. The worst was last year. Um, He finished 13, the T13. He's made the cut all five years, so I have him as a no right now. I'll put him as a maybe. My concern is just a ceiling that you're going to get out of Fina week in and week out here. I ended up playing the last couple of weeks and looking fine um, in terms of his, his overseas event two weeks ago, finishing T5. Last week looked decent, especially once he hits a weekend. I ended up falling off a little bit after that. In the 8K range, there's a lot of options. This is the range that I think is the most fruitful and plentiful, and it's because you have the most golfers in that range, more than the 10K and above in the 9K range. But um, a couple of guys who stand out for me right off the bat, uh, I'll say uh, Joaquin Neiman stands out the most at 8,600. Finished T-72 here last year. Not great, but much different player this year as he was coming in. Basically, an amateur last year. Uh, you have 27th in driving distance, 40th in good drives gained. At this price point, I think that's fine. He's 26th in par 5 scoring, but this is where it starts to get really interesting. He's top 8 in T to green. He's top 8 in ball striking. He's top 8 in approach, and I imagine he'll be lower owned just based off of name recognition. And I think this 8K range maybe goes a little bit less owned. Maybe one player gets picked from there. If people are going to get to Rory, Rom, Woods, those types of players. So. I do think Neiman stands out the most for me here. Um, you really can't go off of history for a guy who's been here once. So, and is such a young player. I do like him, but this is the range of young players. You have Scotty Scheffler, who just pretty much at, at last week, uh, coming into Sunday, everybody was hoping would get that W. I don't think this fit, this course fits him as well, especially when you factor in how difficult of a spot that it is for him. You have Colin Morikawa. I could say very similar things for him at 8,900. I would prefer Morikawa to Scheffler here. Cam Smith, who's already won this year. He's made the cut the last three years. He's improved all three of those years. A T33 and 17, T20 and 18, and a T9 in 19. I actually think Cam Smith is very much alive here. His recent form and really all stats that matter for this, he's looking very good in. Very solid in even some of the areas where he's worsened. They're still solid relative to the field. So I do think Cam Smith and Neiman, $8,700 for Smith on DraftKings, $8,600 for Neiman. Stand out to me. Snedeker's had a lot of success here, 1-16. He seems okay for player pools. Matt Wolf as well, especially off the tee. He seems okay for player pools, but very similar concerns there as some of these other guys, these younger younger players in this 8K range, which you might as well just name it the young range when you have Neiman, you have Wolf, you have Morikawa and Scheffler. I'm concerned about what the ceiling looks like for the 102nd ranked player in the world. And then I have Ryan Palmer as a yes. He finished second here in 18, 13th and 19th, 13th in 2019. Everything just looks solid as well. He's very similar in terms of Neiman, how he's looking for me. You're getting a player that is um, solid in driving distance, solid in his accuracy as well, hitting fairways and good drives. He's fine on par 5 scoring, and he's very solid for his price point at 8K in all the departments that I'm caring about as well. Um, We talk about par 5 scoring, tee to green, ball striking. So I, I do think at the end of that 8K range, Ryan Palmer does stand out as of right now. Moving over to the 7K range, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you can see here my interests are not fully put out yet. I don't want to put nose on players if they are not nose, but um, I'll go through a couple of the ones that stand out the most. Emmanuel Grillo, you know the problem here. He's the f- fourth-worst putter in the field right now, 148. 148 terrible. Uh, but he's number two in ball striking, number two in approach. You can say it every single week. If this is the week that Grillo kind of puts it together on the greens, makes the cut, but he has to do a little bit more than that at 7,800 for you than just make the cut, it could be a great week for a guy who has just been fire with his irons, but and approach game, but nothing else. So that's your concerns. I think he'll be in a player pool, but he's nowhere near a priority. Cameron Champ is number one in driving distance, as you would imagine with his driver, but he's outside the top 110 in good drives. That man is just crushing it and does not know where it's going. If he can actually hit some accuracy with his driver, yeah, at $7,800. He can clearly be in play as well. Uh, only time he appeared here is since 2015. He was cut last year. Right now, he's not in an interest pool of mine. I think Jason Kokrak is very interesting. A T20 here last year, cut in 2017, 2016, a T25. Look, he's number 19 in approach, and he's top 10 and off the tee in ball striking. You don't know what you're going to get from him with a putter either, but he falls into the Emmanuel Grillo. Not as extreme of a category of, he'll get you there. You just have to hope what happens next. I think Bubba Watson at 7,500 is very interesting. We haven't really seen much of Bubba here. I haven't seen much of him this year. So it's very much like Tiger where he's coming into the field. Maybe this is just a warm-up. Obviously, Tiger a little bit more experienced in success here, a lot more. Um, but Bubba at $7,500, i would rather, for $3,000 in savings, take that type of shot on a guy like Bubba than, than Tiger when you you don't need as much of a, a cut in a fine third and fourth round. You don't need a first place or a top five finish like you would need out of Tiger at his price point. He's just been solid in a lot of key stats as of late, like driving distance off the tee and average he's an average putter in the field right around uh, that 80th range 79th i believe so bubba stands out a little bit but it's it's just very very hard to judge a man who has no recent form who has no success here at all you're pretty much just banking on his profile and his skill set which i don't think is a terrible idea in this range muno stands out i think the guy who stands out the most is um, cameron chingale so you get him at 7100 coming off of a fine showing last week. Look, he's top 12 in T to green. He's top 12 in approach right now, 14th in DraftKings points so far in this short season. He's a top 14 scrambler, top 20 in good drives. He's 44th in par five scoring. He's 42nd in driving distance. You're getting him as a top third of the field in all the categories that matter or better. And in most of those categories, he's actually coming in top 15 at just 7,100. Now he's only 125 to one odds to win this thing. I don't expect him to win this thing. I'm hoping at 7,100, really, he, he just makes the cut. He's that cheap where he's a guy who just needs to make, the cut and surely he can't just go out and bogey fest the rest of the day on the weekend um, but a spot that I do expect his game to match up pretty well here I actually expect him to be pretty popular here he has not had good success here two cuts t58 t69 and a 73rd over the last five years that's not great but this is probably the best he's been playing early in a season so far so I don't want to just wait that all that much and again 7100 does stand out Johnny Vegas is hard to ignore at 7000 just based on the profile look terrible as of late Um, But he can drive accurately here. He's number 14 in ball striking. He's number three off the tee. And he's number five in par five scoring. These things matter when you're this cheap. So those are some of the things that stand out in the 7K range. Let's go to 6,900 to 6,500. So not not entirely the whole 6K range, but pretty close. Um, We'll go half of it now and then half of it later. I will ask if you could just hit that subscribe button if you're still watching. And let me know in the comments if you are still watching. Is this like your first time viewing me because of the DFS golf? Probably reaching some more people just doing this golf contest as uh, content as opposed to NFL an NBA, uh, let me know. I'm a, I'm a, f- a past. I started out my first two years in college of turfgrass science major. I do really much enjoy enough to go and study the grass that these guys play on. Uh, the game of golf did not end up getting a degree in that totally different field in terms of business strategy. But still, I do like the game a lot. So let me know. Maybe you're somebody who knows somebody in turfgrass or in it, a PGA professional, whatever it might be. Uh, Let's have a conversation. Let me know in the comments. Um, Starting off this range, you saw uh, Sep Straka last week play really well. Um, He played awesome. I had him in a lot of spots. He's played here once since 2015, a T13 last year, and I do like him. He's a 125 to 1 odds to win this at 6,900. That seems about right. That seems pretty favorable, actually, uh, for the DraftKings pricing, maybe a couple hundred dollars on their price. He's top 30 in driving distance, top 30 in fairways hit. You find that in this range. If you find a guy who is top 30 and he's 29th in driving distance, 27th in fairway hit, you find a guy who has that combination below $7,000. It is very rare on a course that it actually matters for with this driving distance of 7,600, almost 7,700 yards uh, for the south course. He's top 20 tee degree, top 20 ball striking, top 10 off the tee. The problem is for this type of course, he's terrible on par fives, a 131. Small sample though when you're considering the amount of par fives that you see on most of these courses, one to two. And the amount that he's actually played this year. And he's an average putter at 88th. So finding a guy, and these are the things that matter, who's very good off the tee in terms of being accurate, who can be good with his irons, 16th in the field, Um, tee to green and all that makes sense, top 20 there. And at the end of the day, he's an average putter. It's not like he can't have a good putting day when you're average. It's not like he's consistently terrible. At 6,900, he's definitely in a player pool, definitely someone I have a lot of interest in. Harold Varner, so the 6,900 gang is, is the guys I like here. All three of them I have interest in. Well, there's like six, but I have interest in three of them here. Straka, HB uh, three, I have interest in here. Harold Varner, the third, very similar. He's 33rd in driving distance, not as good in good drives at 71st, but he's top 10 in par five scoring. He's an average putter, very similar to Straka at 86th in this field. Um, and you're getting him a fine around the green player. TD Green is 44th. I do prefer Straka here, but again, another guy who can um, pretty much pick up scoring on these par fives and also get you there. And at the end of the day, an average putter that you're banking on, it gets a little bit hot. Carlos Ortiz might be the guy who looks the best. He was cut last year, uh, finished T49 and 16, T11 in 2015. He's 23rd in driving distance, 14th in total strokes gained, 15th around the green. So you're getting a very nice player here. He's top one third of the field in putting actually. So he's a top 60 player there and also par five scoring. So again, uh, Straka and Ortiz will be players that I have a good amount of in the 6k range as sort of value pieces. I have a feeling Ortiz is usually, especially I think he had a hole in one last week, very popular in the DFS community. So if that's the case, I mean, if Ortiz at 6,900 becomes one of like the top five owned players in the slate you just never have to play that type of chalk especially when there's so many other good options at the exact same price point between straka and hv3 in my opinion Going down a little bit more, Kyle Stanley's another player who stands out. The problem is you don't have much distance off the tee, but he is number five in fairways hit. So um, on the north course, he should be fine. The problem is you only get to play that one. So hopefully that allows him to make the cut here at 6,800. You don't need much more after that, but at least he is accurate. You stay out of those fairways or you stay out of that that rough uh, and and hit your fairways, number five in that department, then you're going to be ahead of a lot of people on the weekend. So he's number four in approach game. That's huge here. Top 20 in both tee to green and ball striking so far this year. 72nd in par five scoring, so around average. And then he's 96th in putting, so slightly below average. But you're paying for that at 6,800. You know that you're probably getting a player who's not great in a lot of areas, but he's not terrible in any of them. The place that he's probably the most terrible is a spot that actually matters in driving distance, but he's hitting the fairways. And after that, his approach game, his irons play is very, very good so far this year. So at 6,800, I do think it's at least worth a gamble. Based on his Vegas odds to win this thing, he's probably $200 underpriced. I know it doesn't really matter to a lot of people, but I usually like seeing that Vegas has more confidence in this type of player. And then the DraftKings pricing does, which means you are getting a price discount on him, at least in this range. I'll touch on Doc Redman at 6500 as well. Seems like he's continuously somebody who's been popping at the start of the season here. He's just been very good so far. I mean, number nine in ball striking, number five off the tee, number 26 in tee to green. Those are things that stand out. Now, he's number 100 um, in driving distance, but he's fourth in good drives. So, I mean, that at least stands out that you're getting into the, the, you're getting into these fairways, and and even if you're not getting into the fairways, you're making it up on your next shot or so. Uh, he's number two in fairways hit as well, so you see it right there. Um, he's 109th in par five scoring, so well below average there. He's just a shorter hitter. So you're getting a guy very similar to the Kyle Stanleys, but, but cheaper than the Stanleys here, who is not going to rely as much on distance as he is his irons play after that, um, as he is, I mean, top 10 iron player, ball striking as he is in his around the green game so i mean at 6500 out of a lot of guys down here who don't have distance or they just don't have irons i might as well take a guy who even if he doesn't have distance he's pretty accurate um with his driver and then he's very accurate and very good after that with his ball striking let's go to the final range 6k the the floor the 6k guys there is actually a floor guy that i like on this slate and to 6400 so um a guy who stands out here and he should not be i don't know why he's a yes this is popping up from last week probably This is obviously the range that you have to look a lot more into. I mean, you have Scott Harrington, a guy who's been playing very well as of late, but just has no distance under him and and not good enough in the other areas for me to get there. Harrington might make his way into some of my lineups, um, but I think there's some other guys we can look at. Um, Martin Layard here you have. Um, he finished T43 here last year. He finished top 10 and 16 and 15 in what were probably weaker fields at that time. He's a stereotypical fine driver. Like he's just a guy who can he can get you there. He's very average. He finds the fairways. Um, it's completely fine there. He's top 32 to green in ball striking. The issue is, and this is where I say stereotypical fine driver and terrible putter. Um, which is what I want to look for, if anything. Like I'd rather have a guy who can actually get me there and then maybe he gets hot on the greens and you're paying at 6,400 for that already compared to a guy who is a, a good putter but just can't get you there at all. It doesn't really matter at that point all that much so i think he's an okay option at 6400 maybe a very cheap man's emmanuel grillo nowhere near as good with the drivers as grillo has been but a similar type of build in terms of can get you there fine it's just a matter of around the green game and putting 6400 at least worth a look uh when really what do you get what do you need him to do here is make the cut Jason Duffner is number one in the field in good drives he's top 20 in ball striking in tee to green look he's only $6,300 what is the issue with Jason Duffner very similar to what we've been talking about he's 150th um, out of 151 uh, um, players that we have actual putting data on there's 156 people in the field but 150th out of 151 that is very very bad now he's top 20 in approach top 20 off the tee top 20 with his irons top 20 tee to green all these things look great number one in good drives He's going to do everything to get there, and then he's just going to become an absolute uh, catastrophic eruption of a volcano on these on these putting surfaces. And these are really difficult greens to putt on um, when it's POA, and then you're going to Bermuda, especially when it changes like that. So he's 6,300. I'd be terrified to play him um, in terms of his putting. But if you get any decent round out of him in putting, especially early on so he can make the cut for you, I think it stands out as something that's okay. Patton and Kazire stands out. Um, and then Aaron Bagley as well, he's a short hitter. But I think the last player that I actually want to look at is is the flat minimum, Graham DeLette. Man, this is gross. But the flat minimum price here, he's played here twice, made the cup all times, T69 and 16, um, and then a T54 in 17. Played here twice, at least since 15 in my database. Look, he's number 41 in driving distance. So he's a top third of the field player in being able to drive the ball, but he's number five in good drives. Very rare you find somebody who has distance and accuracy down at minimum price. What else is very rare finding him as a top 10 approach player, finding him as a top third of the field tee to green, uh, right outside the top 20 with his irons, 21 in ball striking. That's that's incredible that you're finding this. So what's the bad? What's the catch? Well, he's 146th in around the green play. That's a pretty important stat here, especially with how difficult these these rough areas can be. And he's average, 79th in putting. So everything looks pretty good outside of being around the green. Can his ball striking be good enough so he doesn't have to rely on his around the green game as much this week? Yeah, at least early on, at least make the cut. Like at $6,000, if he makes the cut, not much more has to happen. Hit a couple birdies. Uh, even if you finish dead last at that point, it's still doing fine for you because you're, you're pretty much priced to finish that way and you're getting four rounds out of him. So Graham let somebody who does pop a little bit here, I'm hoping if he doesn't pick up any ownership, I, I will have him in a good amount of my lineups. You're really just hoping for the guy to squeak by, make the cut, and not have to rely heavily on his around the green game. Putting is fine here, it's average, and then everything else stands out as as well above average for him. So that's where I'm at right now between all these ranges. This is the early look slash somewhat of a deeper dive into this uh, farmer's insurance open. Uh, I'm very excited for it at Torrey Pines. Very fun course to watch. You got Tiger in the field. Rory should be fun. That's each of my price ranging breakdowns. Please do hit the subscribe button before you leave. And if you want more of my content on this event tomorrow, Wednesday, Closing Thoughts podcast, I'll link it up right now above. It'll pop out. It's also down below in the description, but it'll pop out. You can click it. It'll take you to Patreon where I do have my Closing Thoughts podcast tomorrow. I'll discuss all the players that are going to be in my player pool, exposures that I have to them as well as their ownerships and why you should be pivoting away from some players. Some of the value that looks better because they're low-owned looks worse because they're over-owned and that in each of the price ranges. Talk about some more stats as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Very excited for probably so far the best event that we've had of the season, both because of just the, the actual courses that they're on. Torrey Pines, very popular courses, very historic courses, and also the players in the field. Thank you so much. Appreciate you tuning in. Have a great rest of your day.